Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What types of things do you set your hopes upon? For some, it may be graduation day. Even if you're graduating in May, it seems like there is so much to get through before that happens. Some have their hopes set on finding a husband or a wife. Some have their hopes on paying off a mortgage or student loans, or both. And some have their hopes on getting a successful career in order to pay off that mortgage and student loans. Each of us have things that are set out in front of us that keep us going. Things that we have a destination to reach, and i got to get there. Unfortunately, when we get the things that we are hoping for, we tend to find little to sometimes no rest at all. My hope was set on this sanctuary for quite some time. To get here, it felt like climbing a great mountain. There were all sorts of obstacles to get to this spot. And at times, I wondered if, I was go- if it was going to happen or if it was even worth it. Yet, on October 29th, it happened. We had our first service here. It was overflowing. We had arrived. My hope was realized. But then, immediately, something happened. I realized that I was not finished. And I hadn't really, if I was honest with myself, arrived at anything. I was flooded with a list of things to do, to get done. And I personally felt like this milestone, it's a ledge. I thought I climbed the big mountain, but I'm on a ledge and there's so much more. So much more. My realized hope was met with more stuff to do. It's the way it is. This feeling is similar to those who are about to graduate. He or she feels like you just conquered a major accomplishment. And even if graduation here at Purdue is a ways off, graduation from high school is not that long ago. You feel like you just accomplished something. And what is the first thing that everybody asks you? So now what are you going to do? It's like take a little bit of time to like give me a congratulations on what I just accomplished. <laughs> the same is true for those who are about or for those in retirement. You work day in, day out, year after year hoping that you get to the point in your life where you get to do what I want to do. Then you reach retirement. Then you're taking care of sick parents or picking up odd jobs because you didn't have, you weren't counting on all this free time to spend money. (laughs) The things that we set our hopes on, they never really are as fulfilling 
as we think they're going to be. We never really have any extra peace when we get what we've hoped for. The truth is that the things that we set our hopes on in this world, they're all perishing. They don't last. Even the best marriages end with death do us part. And then there's the sin that we set our hopes on. And we all do it. We think, when I get a chance, maybe even subconsciously, when I get a chance, I'm going to go ahead and indulge here. I deserve it. But those things, they disappoint us almost immediately after we get them. The world is, well, it's disappointing. Jesus teaches us today, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamp and went out to meet the bridegroom. On the day of your baptism, you became a member of the bride of Christ. Ephesians 5 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. That's your baptism. So that he might present her to himself without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That she might be holy without blemish. On the day you were given the Holy Spirit. And there was a hope placed in you. For the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom. There was a hope of heaven with Jesus that was placed upon you, a fire, if you will, a burning faith. Jesus continues, five of the virgins were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. And as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. The reality is, our faith, our hope in Jesus, it can burn out. Sometimes if, for example, faith can burn out. For example, sometimes if you don't get what you're hoping for in a short amount of time, you forget about it and you lose faith. When I was 10 or 11 years old, I had a tremendous hope that was in the, like in the deepness of my heart. It was the hope for a dirt bike. <laughs> I wanted it so bad. I wanted a motorcycle. So with my hope in mind, I went to my parents and I declared my hope. And I gave them the speech that... Uh, Above, beyond all speeches, I shared with them the demographics. All my friends have motorcycles or four-wheelers. I'd be happy with a four-wheeler. And I made a great sales pitch, showing them how much easier their life would be. Some of my friends even drive their four-wheelers to football practice. See how much time you would save. And my parents carefully considered my plea my hope, my desire, 
And they said, no. <laughs> they said, but when you're 18, you can buy one on your own. And so my hope was prolonged till I was 18. But by the time I turned 18 years old, I had my hope set on other things. I just purchased a brand new car. I had college right around the corner. And my hope, with lack of fuel, <laughs> with lack of fuel, my faith in getting what I wanted, it faded out. It burned away. Faith absolutely needs to be fueled. We fuel our faith or hope for a new cell phone by watching reviews and scrolling up and down the Apple website. I might not be able to afford the 10, but is there a 9? Okay, but the 8 seems like it will do. It's far better than the 5C that I have in my pocket. We fuel our faith with just about everything by spending time around things that remind us of that which we have our hope set upon. I'm constant, I mean, constantly scrolling through catalogs or whatever, not catalogs anymore, uh, but, but websites based on the things that I'm interested in, in hopes that I could have them. Does it make sense? And the longer I feel that faith, the closer I am to actually purchasing this or that. As Christians, we have a promise of a future with Jesus. A future that is beyond absolutely anything that you can ever imagine this side of heaven. This is a hope that will not let us down because he who promises is faithful. We have faith in what we have not yet seen because of the gifts of God. But let me tell you, I have seen a number of people act like the foolish virgins in our parable, including myself at times, failing to fuel my faith. And my faith becomes weak, sometimes just a smoldering candle. He says, but he does say, a smoldering candle he will not reject. But if you don't hear of Jesus' love day in and day out, and all you ever experience in the world around you is lack of love, you start to be fueled with the things that you spend your time around. And all of a sudden, your love for others, it becomes weak. It starts to snuff out. We tend to set our hopes on things that we don't have to wait for. Instead of waiting for, let me give you a couple of examples. But instead of waiting on God's gifts, we tend to settle for imitations. Example one, God gives us in this world the gift of marriage. 
we settle for sex outside of marriage and for images that we see on screens. Or how about this? Well, wouldn't it be the way it is? Now this this page in front of me looks like a thousand different words <laughs> that I can't find where, where I am because I went off. But The other thing is he gives us the marriage feast in the Lamb in the kingdom of heaven. This is a promise. And it's so hard to wait for. And we settle for all sorts of indulgences. Just on, on, because it's immediately gratifying. There is something inside of you that says, I need something more. That's Christ. You need Christ. He alone can fulfill what you need. If you notice, even the wise grew tired and slept. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. When you have exams, when you have relationships to worry about, when you have that person trolling you on, on, on websites, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I've got things right in front of me that I need to take care of. That hope, it seems like a million miles away. The spirit may be willing, but the flesh is weak. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all of those virgins, they rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to be at the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Together, we are individual members of the church. We are the church, the body of Christ. But here's the thing. I can't have faith for you. Can't do it. And you cannot have faith for me. This is something that only you can possess. I can't have, I can speak of God's love in Christ for you. I can tell you all about it. But I can't force you to hear it, and I can't force you to believe it. Can't do it. God's word is taught but he doesn't force us to gather around it. Those who do, they really are spending time with Jesus, even before heaven. We hear his word and our hope for the full-on marriage feast 
It grows each and every week. My prayer for us is that we don't let perishing stuff in this world, that we don't let it fill all of our hope. I pray that no matter what we hope for in this life, we keep our first and only eternal hope fueled by hearing of God's word. When you guys see Jesus face to face, it won't be scary because our hopes are set upon him now. We've confessed that bad stuff inside of us. We say to Jesus, Lord, you are the great physician. I don't know how to get rid of it. I'm here again this week. Feed me with your body and blood. I'm here again this week. Speak a word of forgiveness on this spot I've found. I'm here because I need you. My hope is set on you right now. I look forward to that day when you fully, where I fully know, even as I am fully known. I am convinced that for those who are in Christ now, it will be like more like an aha. Or yes, it all makes sense. We're not holding anything back from him here. We're saying, Lord, know me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, make me yours. Sanctify me. Cleanse me. Present me to yourself without spot or wrinkle. He's working on you. And you say, oh, here's another wrinkle. Please take care of this as well. Like a little kid. I got an owie. Right? There's sin. It hurts me. And it hurts those I'm supposed to love. Make it better. And I wonder if you noticed that all of the virgins in this parable represent individuals who became Christians through the word of God in baptism. All of them were given the flame of faith, but not all of them fueled it to the very end. Half of the faithful in this parable were not known by the bridegroom on the last day. In other words, they left him who gave his all to save them, who gave his all to give them life with him in heaven. My prayer for all of us, including myself, because it is possible for pastors to fall away. It's possible for a pastor to preach the word and not hear it. But I pray that all of us stay close to Jesus through reading, through eating, through hearing. This will give us fuel for our faith that will lead us to everlasting life. Through his word, he will give us wisdom, wisdom to see through the perishing things that we set our hopes upon. 
Through his word, our lamps will be filled so that our faith can burn bright. So that when we see him, it will be like homecoming. I don't know if you've ever been apart from home for a long period of time. And then when you see your loved one, your mom or dad, whoever it is, when you see your loved one, it's like home. It is home. It's like that song, home is whenever I'm with you. Right? We can be home today, gathered around his word. And we will be really home when he returns. In the end, it is good to realize that there is only one thing that we would be lost without. And it's not the new iPhone. It's a relationship with Jesus. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.